Welcome to Beltalota, the officially unofficial podcast for the Expanse on Sci-Fi. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. Uh, the Expanse on Amazon now. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm for this uh, news post. I'm going to say, you know, do the thing where it's like Sci-Fi is the Expanse, but I'm going to I'm going to line out Sci-Fi for Amazon's. Mm-hmm. Probably not true technically in a legal sense but <laughs> no it's always been alcon right it will always probably be alcon but <laughs> right. now sci-fi or sci is no longer distributing it yeah what a what a i mean this is kind of old news by this point mm-hmm. um but that's that's pretty cool we have a long and complicated history with amazon and jeff bezos here at bold move <laughs> we do but credit where credit is due uh the man the man has saved expanse single-handedly like i i it, this does feel like it's something that he just came from on high and said i want this hat to happen yeah this if nothing else this is good pr for a streaming platform i am the richest man in the fucking world this uh-huh. is a show i'm personally invested in it's an ambassador for all the crazy expensive space tech that i want to be doing and probably getting my beak in the government's uh uh-huh. the, the till for he wants the bezos drive now i fuck that epstein guy right exactly like like there's probably a lot of if nothing else like it, it, a billionaire move has always been like to buy a baseball team or a basketball yeah. team or a football team but you know what to like a real nerd is cooler than that shit owning the best science fiction franchise of a decade mm-hmm. or more so I don't think it's I don't think it's fully altruistic, but nothing is. So bravo, bravo for saving expanse. No, uh, I, I do think this is a good for a good move for Amazon as a streaming platform, though. Yeah, because it brings in. Uh, I, I think we talked about this last week um, with some speculation that Amazon might pick it up, uh, but it brings in a lot of people. I think who maybe don't see Amazon as like a major player in the streaming mm-hmm. world, mm-hmm. Uh, and it starts to get them you know, used to the content that Amazon puts out. Right. No, I mean, it's like, it's so weird that such a niche little show like The Expanse, you could say that, but in the particular market that Amazon, you know, like, you need like a vanguard, a tip of the spear, and the fact that The Expanse is getting so much play on Reddit, like, and it's Mm -hmm. growing so fast within that market that if you can get that kind of vanguard to to adopt uh, and evangelize your platform, highly engaged, highly motivated, kind of crazy uh, in the margins, people to kind of evangelize that. That's what you want and need. So I thought it was was really smart. And a lot of good things about, I mean, say hello to variable length episodes. You know, not everything's got to fit in a little 43-minute size box. Mm -hmm. Uh, Say goodbye to pointless balderizing and censoring of the dialogue. Like like Holden screaming, forget you, forget you. Like it's like it's yeah. so obvious that he want. It was super obvious. It's yeah. it's and uh, you know we see the screeners which are censored for some fucking reason mm-hmm. uh, to protect the children, television critics, no doubt. Um, and, but it's it's distracting and it's dumb and it it makes it feel juvenile. So that's that's gone by the wayside. And uh, you know also say goodbye to commercial breaks because. We Potentially, yeah. We don't get well. I guess that's true. Like, I'm thinking, like, are they gonna go for some kind of syndication on Prime, television? Right? Oh, oh, oh! Like, because because Amazon isn't producing this, right? This is not an original, right? Uh, Amazon yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, developed show. So, will they still like shoot for that? Hey, maybe we can stream it on Prime, and then if we get to the magic number of episodes or whatever, we can send it over to I don't know cable or. 
I wonder how that yeah because that's like because um, if so you want to keep those commercial break so. spots in there but if not yeah forget the commercials I wonder how they do syndication on things like Fargo and American Horror Story where the episode links are all over the place and there's probably not perfect yeah. commercial breaks as a result or even you know like The Walking Dead that it'll have a, a 58 minute episode like mm-hmm. I mean I, I don't know I hope man I hope they, they don't just get they'll cut parts of the right. episode I uh, imagine cuz cuz like I, I mean I mean, I guess I'm hoping that they don't they're they're not making decisions that would make their product worse with the hopes of syndication right so at the very least it gets rid of commercials as you're watching it for the first time yeah right? yeah unless yeah like, cuz that's, that's they're not actually I, going to run commercials in the show cuz as I was so. watching this particular episode I thought oh man if I'm sitting ho- I'm at home I'm on the edge of my seat <laughs> and now like there's someone screaming at me about frito lays here that's got to be the worst yeah cuz there is some really painful commercial cuts in this particular episode I felt like. Yeah, and a lot of tension. I love this episode. I love this episode too. I yeah. thought this um I mean there's been a lot of great episodes this season, but I just mm-hmm. felt like especially since most of this was just people reacting to things yeah. that they are hearing mm-hmm. about, like it's it's just essentially all three factions shoved up each other's <laughs> ass in the space of this anomaly reacting to weird things that are happening. Yeah, it, it felt akin to the mutiny scene um, because you had this will they mutiny, won't they mutiny, yeah. and then they did, um, and you know that got flipped around a couple times, and then here you've got this will drummer fire, will drummer, yeah. you know, try and save the Rasenante, but right. Uh, right. Yeah, she does the pragmatic thing, which I think is probably the right call for the OPA. She doesn't yeah, owe yeah, James no. Holden anything. I mean, if even Amos says, who I don't think yeah. pays a ton of attention to politics, like, oh, the OPA has got a fire on us because, yeah. like, yeah, you, you, yeah. If, if fucking Amos is on your side on a political strategic <laughs> matter, then probably it's a, the, the right thing to do. Yeah, but those moments were just so tense, like waiting for her to make the call. And I felt like in the final act of this episode that the crew really were welded together into a crew. Mm-hmm. Like it all, it all feels like they are now kind of of one, and they trust each other, and they don't have to be on the same page and, and form a committee to just get things done. Um, even when things are, you know, like like uh, Holden can order the ship into. Um, a, I, I don't know a portal <laughs> that just shredded a dude as and long as Amos agrees with him <laughs> right, right 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 so is Amos the real captain I, at this point yeah it does yeah. seem like yeah he's got the muscle he's got the command I mean just all the decisions are flowing through him <laughs> Holden's are. begging him to trust him Alex already yep. does trust him like he's he's just taking there's been a there's been a stealth coup no, uh, I, Holden's and I think gone cuckoo and uh, Amos has stepped in they've done some awesome stuff with the build up to Holden in just two episodes, the build up to Holden kind of losing his mind uh, and, and how they're using that. And I think it's, it's really good. It's, it's a strange way to bring the crew even closer together and yet it's working. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I also think that, you know, I've had my problems with Steven Strait from the, like in the, the early season, mm-hmm. the early seasons, I should say. Um, not kind of, na- but I guess I also just misinterpreted like what a Boy Scout he was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, one of I forget whether it was Dan or Ty, but I was reading a Twitter exchange where he's like, in a large part, the expanse is to reveal how frustrating it is to be stuck with a paladin in your in your party, hmm. like a guy who just won't compromise <laughs> on his more. And and like so, it's like I kind of in retrospect that that he's always been doing this, but this particular work he's doing where he's kind of losing his mind, but trying to keep engaged with 
you know, the ridiculous. Like, I, well, for one of the very first times, I felt like this is how I would act if this was happening to me. <laughs> if uh-huh. I was just seeing things. Yeah. Like, I would try to, like, like uh, you know, the, like... The stages of, of hallucination, right? Right, there's right. There's grief, there's denial. Right. Yeah. But that, that I, I felt like, at the, it's like, yeah, this is exactly how I would behave if I started seeing weird shit. Yeah. And, I mean, that's smug and self-serving, but... No, he's great. I mean, he's he's... Maybe him and uh, Naomi are probably the two best things about this episode. Mm. In as far as like you know acting goes, yeah, no, I think they both killed her. It. Begging for for yeah. for De Rossinati's life was, exactly. was pretty good because she knows the odds and and she knows and, the man. Like and, I, I just want to dive in and talk about this episode, but yeah, we yeah, yeah. Probably but not. I, I like I, I thought that like all the stuff like like Amos and and Holden a scene where you know Holden's is begging like I've never yeah. asked you to trust me ever and I'm doing it now and mm-hmm. like. That's a great moment. I mean, they're they're trying to pull, like Amos is weighing all this stuff uh, in and has to make a split second decision. It's it's all great and compelling stuff. Yeah. Um. So you want to you want to you want to get ahead with the episode? Eh? We, we should. I'm excited about it. All right. Aboard the UNN Thomas Prince, a the blue ribbon panel of artists, religious leaders, and scientists debate who is to blame for the rock jockey's <laughs> attempt to enter the ring. And what to do about it. Always the OPA. That's always the answer on who to blame. It's the fucking OPA. You know, they're trying to muscle the grubby little jam-covered fingers to the table. And this is the Mm -hmm. shit they pull. Um, Dude, it's your secured perimeter. And you let... I mean, like, it's so weird that, like... uh, I don't know. I I, I thought that was... But but that's the thing. That's, That's the whole... It's not even racism; it's culturism at this point. Yeah, um, that's that's you know you stop assuming that people like all people are are kind of like smart and want the same things, and you know if some people are just uniquely bad and some people are uniquely good. This is the shit you get. So shame on you, unnamed UNN sailor man. And I guess they are playing this as like he's the first guy to do this. I thought in the books that he was definitely not the first guy. Yeah, to to shoot this ring. Right. Uh, but I. It seems like it is right. Um, I think uh, you know. There's a lot of there's a lot of, like in in between the like uh, shit talking the rock jockey and the OPA. There's a lot of like interesting things that the scientists are trying to talk about. Like you know, it is foolish to trigger something before you understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, you know they worry about like you know. Is this, is this you know the the rock hopper went into it, but like it's a portal, it's two way. Like, are we about to get like a Jim Hadar situation where thousands of ships start screaming through this and lay waste to the solar system? And Anna, who is urging patience and calm, has to herself be patient and calm under fairly fairly boorish shots at her religion at this point. Yeah. I mean, this is back when Aaron Wright, you know, made, took, took his right. shot at it. Right. But th- this is now the second week in a row that this guy has made some kind of smarmy mark on religion that she's yeah. definitely parried, but she, I guess has to continue doing it because how can she be the one saying patience and calm and just biting people's heads off? But mm-hmm. it is, it's a little bit of uh, Varys and game of Thrones. Like we get it. He's a eunuch. All right. Are you going to engage with this woman's ideas on their merits, or are you just going to continue to dismiss her as a you know sniffing God's jock? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, what does God's jock smell like? Uh, nutmeg, cloves, and cinnamon. <laughs> okay, <laughs> glad. I'm glad we put that together. Yeah, no, that's in uh, that's in that's in Ubadiah five verse seven. 
Uh, look it up. Cloves. Uh, nutmeg. Cloves and, and nutmeg and cinnamon. Uh, Holden is absolutely exhausted uh, when he is summoned to the command deck to see the news on Mineo getting pulped. Why is Holden so tired? That kind of comes out of nowhere for me. And they don't really explain it. I think they explain it through, like, Alex's defense of him. Like, the fact that, like, in a brief span of time, uh, you know, they got the this crew, this 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 camera crew on board. Uh, Naomi's left. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess it's been a struggle. Like, you think about the legal struggle that the Rossinati has gone through and their money troubles before they got funding for this. Like, I think it's just, like, you're supposed to understand that it's not been happy times for James Holden. And they're going for broke on the make. Like, just like they sold his shattered nose, like, he just uh, looks unhealthy. He does. Like, the sunken eyes, the the, the blotchy skin, uh, it's it's just it's just a bad, it's a bad I, deal. I guess they've been, like, running ragged since yeah. IO. Yeah. Like, just, just going for it. I also think he's... Because they, they make a point to say that they don't have any PDCs, which in six right. months you would think they could refill the PDCs unless they're just out there well, think about like if Mars is constantly got, like, out like, there if they can't go to most major star bases because they Mars won't has go got to Fred illegal, Johnson like yeah. Mars has got a rest on site and they mm-hmm. won't go yeah it's like they're they're really in a pinch you know yeah it's true uh, they're a one-man army in a solar system that's you know still probably touch and go on on a shooting shooting war and Holden's definitely feeling his fate catching up with him that's right? what I was going to say that's the, the whole thing. when he closes his eyes his mutters this never ends yeah. like it's starting to be kind of like the terror type of situation where mm-hmm. this one man feels like he can't escape his destiny and probably wants to retreat into like alcoholism and drug abuse, but he's the commander, <laughs> so what's he going to do? Not sleep and drink coffee. Just ab- yeah, abuse the drug caffeine mm-hmm. uh, as as we have done for for so long here in humanity. Uh, yeah, and then there's a lot of talk about Alex, uh, where he thinks, you know, he he's kind of like on the captain's page that it's 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 fate that they are always connected to these protomolecule events. Like they just happen to be finishing their deceleration burn when this idiot jumps through the ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if it's not if it's not fate, what the hell is it? He's like he says. Uh, aboard the Behemoth, we get to see Naomi Drummer and Ashford react to developing news as well, which will cover all of our factions pretty much, except for Martians. We haven't seen a purely Martian reaction. Um, I thought this stuff, I really like this, this, this trinity of leadership to the point that I assume Naomi will eventually make her way back to the Rasanati, but like, I feel like the Rasanati has got a good trinity. Now the Behemoth has got a good trinity. I kind of don't want to break it up mm, Yeah, because, you know, they like, and, but it's not like a divided along the lines of like, well, this person's super empathetic and this is the rational one and this is the passionate one. Like they all kind of take turns holding all those hats and checking each other at every turn mm-hmm. it's an interesting chemistry that they have it is uh i i think i i have a little bit of a problem with the accent work going on in this scene but other than that i uh, have let I that go it. because it's, it's really hard for me because they're <sighs> i just don't think everybody is doing an equally good accent they're not doing the same accent, which is a problem, I think. Although I guess if you think that like these these this 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 belt this this belter creole and it's it's like all clustered in these different stations and asteroids mm-hmm. and how often do they actually get out and intermingle amongst themselves? So there probably right, would probably be strong like there's a strong series accent and a strong yeah. 
you know, Ganymede accent and all this other stuff. So maybe that's what we're supposed to understand, or that's like the cloak that they're throwing all this under. But yeah, I mean, go to like England and yeah, even in the microcosm right. of England, yeah, you can see indeed twenty different accents. Yeah, uh, yeah, I, hmm. I don't know. It, it's not a huge problem for me, but I think I think the, to br- me the, the the real the, problem is just trying to figure out what they're saying without subtitles. That is, yeah, that's tough. Uh, but. For me, the the definitive Belter accent is Diogo. Like he uh, does it the best, in my opinion. Hmm. Maybe because he's one of the first that I heard it do it for mm-hmm. extended stretches. But yeah, the the other ones don't quite stack up to Diogo. Mm. So Diogo's the gold Belter standard, eh? Yeah. Um, I thought there's. It, it's funny because like Drummer and Ashford are bitching and moaning about the Inners treating this ring as a weapon, and they're like being scornful about it. And Naomi's like, "Well, I think that's smart." Like. What do you think? I I don't think they know enough about it yet. But um, isn't it which which I guess they're sending research vessels, science vessels right. to it. So I don't know. This is also a perception thing. I'm not I'm not sure the UN totally treats it like a weapon, although uh-huh. they're being very cautious, which they should. That's what I'm saying. Like did they like maybe not a weapon? Maybe that's like them. I think being pejorative about yeah. the inners, but mm-hmm. to assume that something can hurt you yeah. before you assume it's the fountain of youth, I think seems wise for sure in all situations. Like until proven otherwise, assume it's something that's trying to hurt you. And I mean, that's a survival instinct. I but think. there's also like, I think you should also not maybe, uh, I, I guess the like natural outcome of that is like just extreme xenophobia and like, like they should destroy the ring before even bother to understand it. Mm-hmm. Like that's the other side of crazy. Like, right. Don't embrace it. Don't punch it. Just hang back and observe and try to figure things out. Yeah. You need curiosity and caution. Right. I mean, even infamous hothead Kratos from God of War <laughs> want to know what the hell this big horn did before he blew it in this late, his oh, late. Like, he's he's yeah. really like, he's become an elder statesman. So, uh, <laughs> drummer and Ashford are still maybe God of War one, God of War two, more, more, uh, you know, kill first and, and feel guilty about it later. Uh, there's also, like, Ashford saying that, like, kind of putting forth this early idea that the Belter should own this because it's in their space. This is, their, like, space is their land, so this thing is being found in the outside inner inner ring of the solar system, so therefore it's us. Mm-hmm. It's ours. Um, and then, you know, Drummer complaining about the fact that she has to be the one that makes all these decisions um, when she's all over the place how she feels about it. Yeah, she knows Ashford probably would want to command himself yeah uh yeah what what is i don't think we've been told yet what naomi's reason for leaving the rossi was exactly uh i I think they hinted last episode that essentially she sensed that this was the belter's time and mm -hmm. as a patriotic belter she wanted to see them stand up and be a great nation rather than you know kind of begging for scraps i think that's what she's there for I feel that. I just think they can get there without, like, a second... Not even a second in command. I don't even know uh-huh. what she is here. She's, like, a third She's the chief in engineer. command. Okay. Uh, on the Behemoth, which is a pretty good gig in the OPA. But right. is it as good of a gig as being on the Rastinante with James Holden, who you ostensibly... <laughs> are you talking have... about dramatically, or are you talking about actually politically? No, f- for her. Um, just personally, for her. I think, yeah, if I had the choice, I would. I would be potentially third in command of the behemoth hmm. 
because yes, if you're a career person, you go that way. I mean, because that's the thing. I don't know that this is this this series is about me, right? Like, like it's a good yeah. bet that you, if you want to be the most important person in in civilization, you want to stay on the Rasanati. Uh, because unless something really happens terrible in season four and five, then they're going to be the they're 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 the John's they're 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 the John Snows of the world. They're going to be at the yeah. center of history. But like, if I'm just a normal person betting the Belters' very first warship, that's the biggest one in the system, at the dawn of a of a brand new nation, that's probably the place to be to do the most good. <laughs> you think she's going to leave after they tried to fire this missile? I mean, I don't know. <laughs> she's like, oh, okay, no, this was the wrong gig. I mean, yeah, this that's thing the thing. can't even one, fire a you, fucking one, missile. Once your friends get sucked into Stargate and you got Stargate envy, then, uh-huh. then who knows? <laughs> um, and but, the ship you're on is a piece of shit. Like, but but the, here's the thing I want. <laughs> yeah, like the, she says, like, oh, so we stole a church, strapped a few guns to it, called it a warship. Uh-huh. Uh, do you, so Naomi wants to become this great nation, okay? Yeah. Drummer worries that if they do, they'll just be just like the inners. Right. What is that fear? Like, like, what is the essential inner nature that she's worried about losing? And what, what is it about being like, like the, the thing is, is anytime you're small, you're nimble, you can pivot fast. You don't have to build consensus. You can just like, kind of like. And that's that's good, but it's also bad. The bigger and more complex, the more people have say in it, the slower, more deliberate, mm-hmm. more cautious, more real politic, the more and the more restricting that life. And, becomes, and the more I game think. theory. It's just like you know, there's not, there's not. You don't have friends. You have interests. Yeah. You know, na- great nations don't have friends, and they, they they don't have ideals. They have interests and things that align with those things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I mean, I guess it's inevitable if you're going to be a nation, you lose that. Yeah, no, I think the Belter spirit has very much been one of independence, um, one of basically no authority, some some type of rebellion for their entire uh, existence, and it's, it's like, I yes, you will have to lose that. You will have to. Well, it's 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 funny because I feel like maybe this is wrong, but I don't think Belter culture could create Belter culture, like Belter culture. If it we had stuck to that on Earth, we had never reached the stars because that requires an immense amount of communal, civilizational mm. effort to to build the blocks in the first place and get them into space and to colonize it like that independent. Like it's something I was getting fights with the people online, like you know the people that want to have the Jeffersonian ideal of extreme independence, personal independence in a world where. There are no frontiers you can just go fuck off to and be completely responsible. Like, I, I'm responsible for you, brother, whether I like it or not, because I pay my taxes and I'll do that. Mm-hmm. Um, like, if, if everyone was, like, all that, just, like, you know, off on their own little plantation, not doing anything, like, there's no... Je- uh, Thomas Jefferson couldn't ever go to space. He just couldn't. I'm a, I'm a Bezonian. You're a Bezonian? Yeah. There's the one man that can do it? The, the one man who can who can brave the final frontier. Right, right. He is not... be truly independent. <laughs> yeah, but Jeff Bezos has, has confirmed definitely not stood on the shoulders of society to, to, to build his wealth. He has not used any innovations. No, but or... you, you, you put a fucking family on a wagon and go west. That's right. what you're talking exactly. about. Like, that's exactly, exactly what he's doing. Exactly. You know? But but he couldn't be. Bill he Gates could do it. That's what I'm saying. But, but they themselves couldn't do it. Like if everyone in society well, of was course like not. them, yeah. that's the thing. Yeah. I think that's the ironic, interesting thing about this Belter culture. Like mm-hmm. Belter culture cre- was created from a culture that wasn't like Belter culture. Yeah, and it was enabled by it. Yeah, oh, but that seems like uh, basically an argument for like the Japanese culture, right? Where it's more, um, it's less 
individual. Sign me up uh, for that newsletter. This is sounding good. Yeah, you keep going. Keep yeah. going. I no, got to scream louder and, and have like pill supplements to sell you. And I can just be <laughs> Alex Jones or something. Uh, I've already got the name and everything. All right. No, it's certainly a balance because like, um, you know, at the extreme end, you've got essentially the Borg. <laughs> right. You know, right. where like there is no individuality. It's all for mm-hmm. the collective. And I don't think that's good. Yeah, I mean, it's exactly what we talked about with, you know, treating this ring as a weapon versus a curiosity. Uh, You can go to either extreme. Both extremes are bad. Yeah. Uh, Both the Belter and the UN extreme, I feel, are pretty bad. Mm -hmm. But maybe there's some balance in the middle. Or maybe not even the middle, because I sometimes think the middle gets, like, an undue amount of praise. Because a lot of times, it's not like, well, both sides are wrong, and they're equally wrong. It's Mm -hmm. like... This side's wrong. This side's way wrong. So the actual sane part is 75%. The, the correct word I meant is between. Ba- balance? Like, I, I don't mean the exact dead, median, okay. center. Okay. I mean somewhere between those two But you know two what I mean? Points. I feel like a lot yeah. of the, like, the, the middle gets a lot of like it's it's unjustifiable well, dick sucked. I mean, the, my, my middle is not great, I will say. <laughs> I could have a better middle. I think middle's my just middle's bad. Doughy. My middle's doughy. Yeah. And could be a lot, lot tighter for sure. Um, so aboard the Rossinati, Holden has another encounter with Miller as Monica tries a more psychological appeal to crack Holden open. Hmm. Uh, I want to, I do want to say that like in the introductory scene of the Rossinati here, they established that it's back to being called the Rossinati. It's got yep. its pick. It's got its um, nose art intact. Everything's back to normal. So yeah, why not? RIP penis collider. Uh, That's fine. 301 to 304. <laughs> that that was never never my Rossi anyway. Uh yeah, okay. So what what that so, so I I I don't know. I don't know what to say about. It. I don't I don't understand this reporter Monica and her blind co- cohort uh Cohen. I don't understand what they're doing here. I think Obviously revealed that the camera guy's got an ulterior motive. Is mm. Monica? Does uh, Monica's not in on that though, right? Mildly interesting. Oh, that's I can't. Right. I can't fucking... say any. I can't say too much about that plot line. The reason I don't think that she's in on it is because she's leaving, muttering, winning awards when it seems mm-hmm. like everybody else is kind of that's in on this conspiracy. Um, seems like they are super cool with dying and not worried yeah. about winning awards for anything. Yeah, no, that's crazy because. You know the the thing that the cameraman sets up here is going to kill him. Yes. Uh, I yeah, that's a weird thing to do to me. Um, but she's essentially saying she reveals she's got a degree in cognitive science, so she essentially wants to be his therapist, psychologist to unleash his full potential, so that she can see the story through his eyes. Yeah, uh, sounds good. If he wasn't losing his marbles at the <laughs> at the time. Um, aboard the Sung Yoon, uh, Melba wakes up from her adrenal coma and has to deal with the body of her supervisor that is inconveniently laying around leaking blood. Holy shit, man. Yeah, and she she uses the same solution to deal with the body, which is to, to re-up on her adrenaline or whatever the hell she's doing uh, with her mouth mm-hmm. to give her super strength. Mm-hmm. So she just passes out again? I, At the I, end of that? It doesn't know if she, she passed took a out. Knee. She, I don't think she used as much exertion, but there, it's clearly yeah. causing a physical toll. Yes. Doing, doing this much adrenaline in, in one go. Mm-hmm. And she went full blown the Americans on this guy. Yeah. Folded him up. Folded him, folded him up seven times and tucked him into the slot. Uh, that was pretty fucking gruesome. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, now, I I was really pissed throughout a lot of this episode because I'm the first time I watched it because she's just doing the shittiest job in the world cleaning up this yeah. blood, and I'm like, this is that, come on, like there's no fucking way. But then I realized that she just needed to get it good enough to get back to her ship and take a shower because she's going to blow the whole thing up. So yep. I instantly felt bad, better about it the second time, but I was ready to bitch up a storm about no fucking way you can clean up uh, blood with just, like, one half of your s- s- space tunic or whatever. <laughs> right. Um, so, yeah, she also makes some final checks on the bomb, uh, and then there you go. Uh, on the behemoth, uh, as the Belter fleet arrives at the ring, Ashford hoists a series of drinks to the honor of Johnson, Dawes, and the fearless young rockhopper, rock Mineo. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a way of telling us that uh, Johnson has essentially told the UN that um, you, you like that the, we're coming. We're not invited, but we're coming, and you're not going to say otherwise. I, could, I couldn't figure out exactly what he said. Like, Yeah, it's, it's tough. Uh, with the accent, suck the big falota or something. <laughs> falota, which I looked up falota, it apparently means shit. Really, suck the big shit, which is not what I would have guessed. Yeah, suck the big shit. Maybe like things got lost in translation. Dick kind of sounds phonetically similar yeah. to shit, and could be. You know, it's it's they're both. I mean, or, or maybe like kind of is the other thing in, in the, in the 23rd century. Like it seems like gender fluidity is a much more acceptable thing. Mm-hmm. So like it's always like I I do like to say eat a bag of dicks or suck a big dick, even though I realize that's problematic because it makes it seem like that's an inherently bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very much in favor of dick sucking, uh, and those who want to do it, more power to you. Maybe mm-hmm. maybe it's a conscious decision. Like you know what. Sucking shit really is a bad thing. That's definitely it's bad, just, no matter who you are. It's just like, you're like maybe maybe you're into a very specific kink. It's still not a healthy, great thing to no. do. So like they're just they're just sucking a big shit is inherently more more on the nose than sucking the big dick. So, so I think that this scene serves to show us who Ashford is at his core uh, a little more, right? Like he's praising this rock hopper for doing something brash. You know, this is how. The Belters will sank his teeth deep into the unknown for love. Yeah, this is the Belter spirit, right. at least as Ashford sees it. Right, it's it's that that lack of fear, that brashness. Um, that's what the Belters are to but, him. But these, there's, there's also some bullshittery because he's saying for love when yeah for 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 love of boners maybe like I don't that, I don't know yeah. what that that relationship was, but it's not what I would call any kind of. Uh, but it might have been in Mineo's head. Okay, you know, sure. He might have thought he was in love. Young love is still love. I get it. Sure. Um, and he contrasts that with the inners who have waited a whole generation, meekly tapping around the edges where Mineo just kicks the door open. Yeah. Uh, doors and corners, kid. Doors, doors and, and corners. corners is all I got to say. Yeah, Mineo got shredded. It's so funny because when I w- was looking for merch, I think last year, there was a lot of shirts emblazoned with doors and corners. Yeah. And I'm it's... like, the fuck, the fuck can this possibly mean? And now I've arrived at this point in the story, and I'm like, ah, oh, I well, see. It, yeah, so it has a greater significance in this season. Um, I think it's something that he was saying in, like, season one. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah right, right. Yeah, that's kind of just what what Miller does. Man, I guess you're right, because, like, there's, there's you know, got a Tits and Wines t-shirt for yeah. Tyrion, and that's something for he a said single once. Line. That's just a throwaway line. So yeah. maybe nothing that doesn't have to have significance. But but, but it does this season. It right. does, yeah, yeah. They brought it around. It's even better. It's even better than what I was thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, what? 
I, I I express drummer's confusion. What is he saying about the Mormon attention to detail? That's they have these crystal glasses because like oh yeah yeah I guess is that what they drink? Because they yeah Mormons don't drink alcohol. They don't drink caffeinated beverages. Although that might be more of a conscious matter nowadays. Um, what the fuck? I don't know. That was a weird thing that was thus kind of unexplained. All right, I thought maybe you'd have an idea. Uh. Amos finds the camera guy, Cohen, hanging out in the control room, being all suspicious, and he kicks him the fuck out. Yeah, he should. Are you a little deaf, too? Do you want to be a little beat up? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I also like the fact that Amos um, kind of shut the door on him hardcore, the same way he did to Monica, where he kind of, like, you know, engages with him physically, and then is like, you should not be Mm -hmm. holding out hope. But the, the, (laughs) the, the blind guy pocketed a pair of space pliers. He did. What's he going to do, Jim? Uh, well, I know what he's going to do. Something fucking crazy. Yeah. He's going to lock out the Grasinati from all its major command functions and broadcast mm-hmm. a bogus signal. He's going to swap an isolinear chip. I, that's, <laughs> that's what I have it called in the, 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 the notes. <laughs> yeah. That's That's got to be intentional, right? I guess so, yeah. Why does everybody think we're going to store information on acrylic pieces of... I don't like, Because it looks fucking high tech. Yeah. But in like a very Hasbro kind of way, you mm-hmm. know? I don't know. Um, Holden goes to the auto dock to get checked out, um, gets himself a full psych scan, and then does a protomolecule scan, and is looking pretty rough doing it. Yeah, he is. Uh, like, we will find out how deep the psychosis goes here in a bit, but, uh, Melba on board the, uh, I don't know, the shuttle between the Sung and the Prince uh, struggles to deal with the physiological and psychological toll her mission has put on her and almost gets herself killed. And her fucking crewmate here, who's just... Ah, uh, he's the worst. Ugh. Just just when you're tempted to think that they're more enlightened in the 23rd century, he feels free <laughs> to speculate on the tryst that he that she and the boss have had and his drinking habits. and I, I do, I, It just barely... St- fits in with my credulity that they would just abandon this guy on the ship mm-hmm. rather than find him when surely they have some way to quickly track his fucking communicator down yeah. right you like, think so you're just gonna let him maybe maybe like if they'd explain it more of like you know what i fucking bailed this guy out enough it's time for a supervisor to get in like yeah but i don't know i guess it's con- awfully convenient awfully convenient uh, but she, Lady Macbeth's her fucking self, like, getting obsessed with a speck of blood and almost crashes into the mothership before the shit heel maintenance guy takes the wheel, and she just continues to lose her shit. How much of this is physical? How much of this is psychological? Uh, I want to say the majority of it is psychological. At mm. least that's what I read it as. Because the way her hands were shaking, I felt like, I mean, I think I agree it with could you. Be, could be both, yeah. But having that like massive flood of adrenaline and the, the the massive crash your body has to have after that, I feel like it's a little bit of column A, mostly column A, but a little bit of column B. Yeah. Uh, Holden gets some good news in the form of a negative protomolecule scan. Oh, but he needs to scan his fucking ship. Uh, right. But nevertheless, Miller's back for some more Miller mumbling <laughs> before Amos interrupts him. Uh, another great scene. Uh, yeah. Is this the what's with the hat scene? <laughs> I think so. I think so. It keeps it right off my head. Yeah, love it. So I, I, I didn't. I mean, there's a, you know, there's, uh, I since since we didn't have the screener, the good news is I was able to kind of like you know read through some of the the Reddit threads, um, mm. and someone pointed out that the significance of this is that Miller or Miller had never worn his hat 
off of the station. Like yeah. he put it in Julie's apartment before he left. So Holden right. has I don't ne- think Holden has seen it. So so like that was a kind of a nod from the, to to us as the viewers if we're paying close attention and have all the stuff <laughs> at our at the command of our mental fingertips right. that that this can't be a hallucination. And the funniest part is like I think everybody's when they're first introduced to Miller is thinking, what's with the hat? Like, right. What's with the hair? And, and, what's with the hat? Until he takes the hat off and like, oh, I get it. <laughs> right I now, get I it. Right. Um, yeah, so it worked It worked doubly so for me. If I don't, if Miller doesn't want to talk about Julie? It's uh, like, uh, yeah. Like, he's a star child of some sort now, I guess. Like, like straight, out of, straight out of the monolith from 2001, but he's still sore about the whole protomolecule friend zone he got himself into i suppose um he says that he's just an investigator now who finds things and holding that's what i like about holding he just immediately engages with like okay well, i'm losing my mind whatever um and he keeps on talking about this unlicensed brothel and he keeps going back to like these like you know you can hear him mumble about the corners and doors yeah that's when amos walks into him and i liked i like their relationship here like amos like hey i'm not good at the mental stuff but i won't judge yeah um you know, half of probably mental health is just talking about it, honestly. Uh, and then he says, hey, I understand what a mess the situation is. Maybe you just need to go break something. But, but hey, don't break the coffee machine. <laughs> right. Um, so pro- holding problem system is going to be okay. Then he checks the ship's security cam footage to verify that Miller wasn't, in fact, in the room. Mm-hmm. Which that's... I kind of half expected it, like, he was going to look at that and he was going to. Because the way I later understand it, like, I feel like the protomolecule is actually building a Miller construct... But maybe they're just mentally projecting it by way of the leftover protomolecule? Hmm. Mildly interesting. Yeah. What can I say? Um, I still like they got some I, explain. I, I will say this as a non book reader, they have some explaining to do mm-hmm. because as we mentioned a couple weeks ago, I need to understand, I think before the end of the season or very early on in season four, why this protomolecule just completely takes over to Agatha King in minutes, if not hours, mm-hmm. hours, if not minutes, where this protomolecule's just been chilling for six months, has experienced zero growth. In an environment where we know that the protomolecule can grow because the hybrid was attracted to the Rossi's radiation signature and well, all let, that. Let me, let me use some evidence from this episode to try and answer that. Miller is using the Rossinante as a tool. To find something, right? Is yeah. what is what he's saying. But if the protomolecule's on board the Rasanati, why do they they already have the tool, yes? You're saying they should just take it over? Yeah. Per- perhaps James Holden is the tool. Mm. Himself. He's a tool with a ship. Or a tool that can go places. Yes. Whereas Miller doesn't seem to be able to go places, he's it seems like he's confined to where the protomolecule is. Mm. Um, at least that's my guess. That's what I'm saying. The is a place where the protomolecule exists. It seems right. like that. I mean, they could just be, you could take over Rasanati, turn it into a baby squid, and be done with it. But I don't know. I I, I, could, I don't know the full plan. But look, look at look at Miller right now. Uh-huh. Would you say that he's Miller? Mm-hmm. Like, does he have he certainly the same... has aspects of Miller? Yeah, yeah. He he looks like Miller. 
Um, there, there are like He's memories in there about that Julie you know. about, uh, like Miller. He's got uh-huh. these hodgepodge jumble of memories about. So yeah, I mean, there's definitely as parts of Miller. Yeah, that are actually Miller. I believe that. I just wonder if they're using if if the proto molecule is trying to use James Holden for a purpose, if taking him over and breaking him down the way they did would, Miller yeah, would, 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 result, would destroy that purpose. Yeah, right. would, they, would that result in what Is he going to be uh, Locutus of Holden or something? <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, back aboard the Prince, Anna notices Melba looking pensive in the mess hall and asks if she needs help. Um, there's other things going on here. I don't know if any of them are interesting. Um, there's a father holding court about meeting the face of God with open hearts and minds and a wealthy socialite probably an artist makes fun about her family um mm-hmm. having open wallets to support his mega church that spans africa and asia that's a fucking big mega church man yeah uh it is i mean i i i think in you know a couple hundred years that's pretty reasonable yeah and and he enjoys uh that they their family's company enjoys the sway he has over the flock so there's like mm-hmm. maximum cynical like it just shows that like I guess in the 23rd, 24th century that, uh, you know, Anna is not maybe the norm. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just like any other thing. Like, there, there are some sincere Christians, sincere uh, Buddhists, sincere everything, but then there's there's a lot of snake oil salesmen and, and, and hucksters trying to take advantage of the true believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I won't say anything about what role she plays, but they introduce us to a character in the scene who's chatting up Anna. That's the, uh, the wealthy I, socialite, right? Yes, that's uh, okay. the wife of the, the mega church preacher. Uh, Wait, that's not her wi- his wife. I think so, yeah. She said it was. She said that her family donates to his church. Mm, okay. M- maybe it's different in the show than it is okay. in the books. I okay. thought she was his wife, but right. of course, maybe I'm misremembering. Uh, I think I like the person they got to play this character. She okay. She has like uh, what I thought was vital in the character to begin with which is sort of like um i'm trying to think a wry cynicism yes absolutely and a drunken cynicism Uh, as well yeah yeah yeah. uh she almost reminds me of like charlotte hale from westworld oh yeah yeah yeah. right right uh similar appearance but also just the attitude right she's got um I don't know. I, I thought it was interesting that Anna asked Melba if she's okay because I'm wondering. I'm wondering how much of a character Melba's going to become. Is she going to be the next Prax, or is she going to be like a two and done? Anna taking an interest in her implies like maybe she'll be around for a longer. Is how I'm reading the situation. Um, but I, I like. Yeah, I, I I didn't notice so much about the the one woman chatting up Anna, but I do. I find the Melba character appealing. Yeah. Like. I seem like I'm, I'm kind of horrified by what she's doing, but she seems, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know that like that the way she's cast and the way she's acting makes me want to be empathetic towards her. Uh, on the Rasanati, the camera guy Cohen captures some pretty gossipy conversations happening between Alex and Amos about their captain before apparently hacking the Rasanati's isolinear chipsets. Um, where are you at with the camera footage? camera footage the the way that they're in like this whole scene like uh, alex and amos essentially a one shot kind of like you know weird little thing where you're supposed to understand that there's this floating camcorder that's 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 filming them yeah like kind of through the stairs i find it a little i'm trying to decide whether it 
the, the, I, I'm trying to decide how much of that stuff is because because I find it a little bit distracting the fact that there's like a fucking crosshair yeah. and like very much like don't forget like I kind of wish they'd establish it and then blur that like so you understand that like now the your POV is the camera's POV because I find the drone hovering and its its movements and all that stuff very distracting. I find it even more distracting than that. I keep waiting for the characters to discover that's, it and get annoyed. By that's it. where I was about to go because yeah. we know how big the Rasanati is. We know how big these areas are. Yeah. How the fuck do they not see this thing out of the corner of their eye? That's why I find it distracting because yeah. I keep on expecting, like you said, they're going to whip around and Amos is going to, and he does. I mean, <laughs> he kills another drone. I mean, maybe that's what makes it worth it. That uh-huh. like eventually, eventually, uh, the thing that I'm worried about comes true, and 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 there another drone bites the dust. <laughs> no, I love, I love that moment. Uh-huh. Um, but it's also weird because the the camera guy Cohen is like capturing two things at once. He's filming the interview with Holden where I think he's talking about Naomi's and his love story or the proto love story. Um, but he's also doing this Alex and Amos thing uh, where Amos mm-hmm. reveals that he's looked at the captain's medical records, uh, which yeah, I love. And then Alex, Alex immediately like, shame on you. That's such a massive violation of trust. So what they say. Yeah. <laughs> and he's checked nice. himself for the protomolecule over 30 times. Yeah. That was crazy to me because we only saw it once. Well, well, that's like, that's where I started to think like Jack from uh, the, 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 the Shining. The Shining. Yeah. Like it's one thing to like blow some steam off by typing, you know, all work and no play. But <laughs> checking yourself 30 times for a protomolecule in a span of what I imagine is just a, a day. Yeah. Uh, is is pretty psycho. The, the it definitely is, and it it kind of recasts that scene in a whole new light for me. Right, you're, you're right. Uh, I really love Alex's like this conversation. This whole conversation is good, but the the line where Alex says, "You know who who doesn't talk to themselves every now and then?" And name's <laughs> like me, right? Me, I don't do that. And then when and when Alex is trying to explain, he's like, "Well, your guy spends half his time talking to the ship, so maybe you're not the best person <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> to ask." I also Good. like how they go all the way back for the first episode of the first season to be like, your captain going insane yeah. in a isolated space situation is a bad news, is, is bad news because they had uh, Mike, the man trout. Yeah, lose, Jonathan Banks. Yeah, uh, waving around guns and, and losing his mind uh, and, and causing all kinds of problems, so... Like, like Alex is like, one day he's singing sea shanties and planting daffodils, and the next day... <laughs> I thought that's like it's it's good storytelling. It's also very cute. Um, uh, I just wish I wasn't the whole time waiting for them to like look and be like Jacques Hughes. Yeah. Uh, then uh, Cohen uh, does some hacking of the Rasanati. He's like, you know, we'll find out what he's doing here in a minute. Uh, but he's up to no good. How many people? How many people are in on this? And who are they working for? I, all good questions. To me, but I can't answer. To I mean. The thing is, humanity is so fucked up that I would believe it's almost anybody. Because mm-hmm. you'd want to say, like, well, why did OPA do engineer something like this so they have to kill James Holden? Like, maybe they're, maybe they, maybe they're threatened by James Holden being a pow- a powerful and popular heroic figure that could be a political threat to them. Maybe Fred Johnson it's... himself could be threatened by Holden, exactly, uh, and want to take him out. Right? Like... Maybe it's Earth that wants to discredit the OPA and, and cast aspersions on the, the belters because they think they can't handle it anyway. And Somebody li- wants to light a fucking fire here. Yeah. Is, is 
clear. And, and they could be like, there's no amount of motive and opportunity that you can investigate thus far to like, come to a satisfying <laughs> conclusion, I don't think. Right. And if you Which do, is good. I, you're I revealing like your own biases, right? Sure. Like you can, but you kind of got to put your thumb on the scale at some point. Yeah. Um, Holden makes a connection about the synchronicity between Mineo's shooting the ring and Miller's first appearance with the help of Monica's uh, records of their interviews, which tragically leads to Holden's brain exploding, covering <laughs> Monica and Gray Matter. It's, uh, yeah. it's, this, it's This is where we find out that the Miller hallucination is directly connected to the proto-molecule somehow. Yeah. I mean, we, we kind of knew that, but this is, I guess, Holden making that realization, right? Uh, that like it's like the exact mm-hmm. second yeah. that Miller first showed up, Maneo was getting his brains splattered about the the cockpit of the YK. YK. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Or do we? Oh, I mean, I, again, I just love the moment of um, him throwing Monica out because uh, he just wants to lock himself alone so he can go talk to Miller. Uh, and Miller's there again, and he's like trying to get him to engage in it, but it's very frustrating because Miller's very distracted and he's asking like. Do you even know why you're here? But Miller says a bunch of interesting things. Every time I exceed my boundary conditions, they kill me. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, you're a tool places. I'm a tool that finds things. We're tools. Uh, he reaches out to touch him, and Miller kind of like waves him off. Like, what would have happened? <laughs> Antimatter and matter colliding. I don't I know. Mean, I really don't know. I, that's, that's fucking intriguing. Yeah. Um, what does it mean by exceeding a boundary condition? I mean, I can't ask. You can't. These yeah, you can't. It's all mildly interesting to me. But uh, like, what I'm, is I'm a boundary to talk about this stuff? Yeah, yeah, I really what is a boundary condition? The other thing that I was, the other thing that was, I uh, I was being thinking a lot about is I felt like that you seemed surprised when Ghost Miller showed up, like that they might be able to like. You're like, I'm wondering if they were was going I to go there. Was I or was there. I faking that? Because it's all mildly you interesting. You son of a bitch. I, I mean, I have, to, I have to fake some things on this podcast. Okay. All right. Well, that's a new piece of information that I can put I have in to there. Fake, Jim's going to fake things Fake now. disinterest in talking about this because, God damn it, I, I want to just... like, this seems so integral to the plot. How in the hell could they ever not do it? Like, I understand yeah. it's, it's probably when you're reading they the book, it. it's like, how the fuck are they going to do this without it being silly? But Yeah, Miller, Miller comes back in, in book three. Okay. So that's where we are now. Uh, but yeah, I, I would love to know. I'd love to know. Like, do you even know why you're here? And he says sometimes. <laughs> um, on board the Prince, Melba detonates the Sung Un remotely. Uh, we're treated to just chaos as all the factions, uh, in all the factions as a nudes, as a nudes, as the a nudes. nudes spread aboard the Rasanati. Oh, Jesus, that's bad news. Holding an Amos. It's uh, that's that's a wildfire that you got spreading. It spreads aboard the Rasanati, the fleet, the UN fleet, the Behemoth. Uh, while processing all this, a message originating from the Rasanati is broadcast, identifying Holden as the man responsible for the bombing, <laughs> oh my God. claiming OPA ownership of the ring, and all fucking hell breaks loose. This is the shit that we've been talking about with Aaron Wright's video forever, right? Like, how do you authenticate that something being live broadcast is real? The thing is, here's the Could, here's the, here's the genius part. Yes. Because the ticking time bomb, I would absolutely believe the experts could within Eventually. an hour or so yeah. determine that this is fake. But can they do it in 60 seconds? And this absolutely feels like the kind of situation you'd have to. Here's the other question I have for you. Is this fake? That's Does James Holden right. have full capacity? I don't think anyone uh, could say that. Can he account for all his time, essentially? I don't think, I don't think he's crazy, but... But like you said, can he account for all of his time? Is yeah. he aware of everything that's going on around him? 
uh, or is he like Miller where only sometimes? And they did this. They set this up so well in such a short amount of time. Yeah. Like you take Holden from zero to crazy by the end of this episode and you take his crew from holy shit, our captain's crazy to we believe in our captain, you know, and and that comes later. But mm-hmm. in this moment, like there's this very real doubt about the sanity of James, James Holden. Right. Uh, both from himself and from his crew. And we're not sure what to think about this video. And I think they they just constructed that so well. They did. And like I said, it's it, it's very hard in a season where you've already established that you can identify things that are fake and real even in the 24th century mm-hmm. and then have a whole plot point be about that. But but they, I, I think this is where like maybe it's superior to have two guys working on a project rather than just one because like they, I feel like this is something they really workshopped. Like how can mm-hmm. we engineer this situation? Let's, it's not just it's it's there's there's lots of shows, lots of authors, lots of works that's content to just engineer a situation like this and not care yeah. about really having it stand up to scrutiny because like in the moment, almost this stuff almost all works. Yeah, what separates the stuff that's that's, that's great from the stuff that's like, you know, a funhouse is the not stopping until all your ducks are in a row that you've laid the narrative and character framework to make this happen, and I feel like. You know the the only leaps of faith that you have to that you have to make are that you know the Amos and Alex when the chips are down and they're mm-hmm. facing near certain death from a rocket uh-huh. that they would put a trust in a man that they've seen to be utterly trustworthy and has never asked for it for how long have they been together now a year two years uh, that's a good question I would guess a couple of years yeah so like. And that's the kind of leaps of faith people make in each other all the time. Yeah. So you can debate whether it's wise or not, but it's not just preposterous. And I think that's really special. And the other amazing thing they did, in my opinion, is set up Naomi on this other ship without access to the state of James Holden. Exactly. Knowing the man and saying, this is not yes. him. I know James Holden. This is and not And Drummer him. knows him, too. Yeah. Like, enough to know that this is wildly out of character, yeah. but... Because she doesn't have, you know, these questions of, is he going crazy swirling around in her head? She just knows James Holden. Uh, There's a lot of interesting things in the margin here. Uh, Holden asks Miller if the ring is using you to get to me, and Miller responds, it's reaching out 113 times a second. Mm Mm-hmm. That's got to be significant. <laughs> Is that like the, the frequency at which the protomolecule operates? Man, dude. That's pretty damn slow. I, I don't know, but like it's like such a specific number, it makes me think that that's going to be, you're, it's going to be significant. Yeah. Or maybe that's going to explain the, to, the extreme time dilation. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. Um, so they got this situation where they're also talking about they've got this tool, the investigator, which is Miller, and how they're they're building them and killing them again and again until he finds a door that wasn't there before. Mm-hmm. And as the the camera is kind of slowly rotating and it brings like Miller sees a mirror that reflects both him and Holden at the same time, and he kind of like double takes and looks thoughtful at it. Like, yeah. What the fuck is? I mean, I'm just I'm just pointing out things that I think are significant that I don't fully understand, and also that was like super artistically well done mm-hmm. uh and this is where we first hear the the well i think clearly the doors and corners pal don't go rushing into the room uh but amos bangs on the door for him to come see the news which interrupts miller and then i love the amos like don't make me crowbar this door mm-hmm. <laughs> like i will beat your ass captain <laughs> um as they're reviewing the news alex realizes they're locked out of most of the rasanati systems except for i think thrust uh and they receive a fake 
question mark message from Holden where he demands the you know I we talked about all that stuff. Um, the signal Alex does, does uh, identify the signal coming from inside the ship, and there's a whole bunch of like Amos and him throwing angry accusations at him. So at him, um, we talked about the Behemoth command crew debating blowing the Rossi out of the sky. Uh, to disavow Holden's message. I mean, that's, again, that's something they politically have to do. Yeah. Unless this is an OPA mission. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that case, why would Fred not tell Drummer? Right. I mean, right. that's the number one person you would well, want to tell is the person I mean, in command of your only warship there. <laughs> I still think it might be the smart play. But, well, I mean, I'll, unless unless it gets him blown up. Yeah. And then, like, because I'm like, if this is purely, like, Fred Johnson trying to eliminate a political rival, or Dawes, for that matter, mm-hmm. it behooves them to have as few people know about it as possible. It's like, just engineer a situation that gets people killed, and hopefully, you know, you know that Drummer and Ashford, and Ashford's the one that's that's really screaming about doing a missile. Like, maybe this is a Dawes thing. Because hmm. Dawes seems like more the type of guy that would eliminate a political rival. Yeah. Um, yeah, he seems a lot more underhanded. So um, Naomi's just screaming arguments on behalf of James. Uh, it's very well done, uh, but there's not much she can say because they don't have enough time. Yeah. Uh, Holden begs Amos to put trust in a crazy plan that involves him being locked in an airlock alone for a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, this sounds insane. And you can see that, like... Amos is looking at him like you are really asking a lot but at the end like you know it it, it meant something to him that like Holden's never asked him to have blind faith in him until now he's cashing in his chips yeah absolutely I normally in those scenes where I'm like where somebody says oh how many times have I asked you to trust me they're like they don't really say they never say zero right 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 but but I, I don't know the fact that they went that way and it meant a lot to Amos. The other thing I noticed about this scene is Amos's like anger, just fury at James Holden for abandoning them in their moment of need, right? Yeah, because like, like, he sees this as a dereliction of duties, essentially, a betrayal of them all. Yeah, yeah, like you're the captain, we need you on the command deck right now. Where the fuck are you going? Plus, there's just a lot of like not just anger but pain behind the like. Don't make me scrape you off the sides of these walls, like because like, right. he thinks he's trying to he's going to commit suicide. Yeah. Or do something crazy like that, but just like and when Alex hits the thrusters, I mean, he could right. kill them both. You know? Right, he exactly. Could kill him and Amos. Uh, I thought it was interesting that because because speaking of who's the captain, Alex just unilaterally decides to start moving away from the other ships, which I thought like Jesus, Alex, that's the that that just makes you look guilty. It does, yeah. Like if you can't, <laughs> but and and why did Alex do it? Because like I think everyone points out if you can't out, outrun the missile, which you can't, mm-hmm. and you have no PDC rounds, which you don't, yeah. Then the fuck what was he doing? Like, yeah. why well, does I don't have to sit around here for tires? Like, did <sighs> I think he was doing the only thing that he I guess could do. to feel in control? It yeah. just feels like a bad. It just felt like a bad move. It is. It, it sends up a red flag. Um. So that yeah, I just want to point out that like I thought that uh, Amos's performance where he's like, I just want to be locked in here. I just need one minute by myself, and Amos just like screams for what? <laughs> and there's he's like, and I I don't even have time to explain. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, yeah, this whole sequence is just so tense, and it's, it happens so fast. And I uh-huh. I meant to I didn't I I ran out of time, but I meant to watch this a final time with a stopwatch to see. If they played fair with the one minute, because it feels like oh, I don't know what they yeah. did, but it felt like they did. 
Like, sure. Like, like you find out, Amos finds out that the blind guys fucked with their panel. Alex says the UN is locked onto us. There's some more commotion. Five seconds later, <laughs> Alex is like, shit, now the behemoth is locked on us too. Like, just everything yeah. gets more and more fucked. It's so great. It's so great. Uh, drummer decides to go ahead and take the shot. But the behemoth is a big piece of shit, so it loses power. It's very Millennium Falcony. I love it. Yeah, it's so yeah, and it again that feel that doesn't feel cheap. It feels like almost inevitable, right? And, and it's untested too. Like imagine sure. you know, as coders, like us writing a huge code base. That's why from Naomi scratch said they're in and place, never running any tests, exactly. and then going into production with it and saying exactly. we need to run it. Oops, there was a bug somewhere. And this is all taking place within hours of the last episode. Yeah. Like, maybe just a few hours. So, like, Naomi told us that the PDCs are on are in place and online, but are yet untested. Yeah. So, the PDCs and missiles, and the railguns aren't even finished yet. So, uh, it's all super believable, and that little throwaway line of dialogue uh, turned out to be significant. Um we also get to see a little bit of the protomolecule. Here, I think, is something key, too. I think that protomolecule is underneath the flooring of the airlock that Holden's in. It is, yeah. Okay. So, does that explain... Well, I, the airlock that he's in? I thought that the I, way... I know it's under the floor panels. I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought yeah. the way they rotated the camera in one shot established that he's essentially standing right over protomolecule. I wondered okay. if that made the... La- the, the is that, That's part of the reason why he got the message so quickly like mm. instant miller instantly came and they they were able to have a much easier conversation like is the physical proximity to the protomolecule significant um so alex the whole time screaming they gotta get strapped in because he's about to go max burn and turn him into jello um uh holden is screaming at miller that he's got to give him something because if you want a ship i'm about to get mine destroyed and this is where he puts together the whole you go into a room too fast, the room eats you. You got to check the corners and doors. Yeah. Uh, on the forum, Jamie T, who's like Expanse super fan and Star Trek super fan, made an analogy that this is like the classic TNG episode Darmok, where the protomolecule and alien intelligence is trying to communicate with humanity with the building blocks of language it doesn't fully understand. Yeah. Uh, and like you get that without it having to be explained to you i think yeah and and if you look back at like what the hybrid was able to communicate right, right? same it thing. was similar it's work and building and trying things but like you still can't like like trying to explain its overall goal is is kind of beyond it yeah um but yeah so the behemoth fires alex punches it and amos and holden immediately get crumpled to the floor uh Holden yells to Alex and needs to turn it, flip and burn, uh, and hit hit the ring, but slow it down as slow as you can get without the missile catching them. Uh, they're going to undergo massive deceleration and try not to st- stroke out. Uh, and he's like, how do you know? Miller told me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Amos throws in with the captain, and he does. And I, I have my notes. This is a fucking crew now. This, this, is, this yeah. crew has been welded together into one. And they really sell, unlike I, with the... Um, Unlike with uh, unlike with the Razorback shenanigans from earlier in the season, I really bought the full strain everyone was under. Yeah, it helped that everyone passes out. Yeah, yeah, uh, Ma- yeah. Maybe, and and also I guess that like presumably this is a much like Avasaral is an older person can't put up with this stuff mm-hmm. new to the juice. Like maybe this was just a much stronger de- deceleration too. Oh yeah, they they made it clear that it was on the limits of what they could tolerate physically. Um. 
So it fades to black for a long time, enough for me to be fucking outraged. Like, are you over. fucking seriously? <laughs> yeah. And then it comes back on. I'm like, because honestly, at this point, I thought there's like only 30 minutes had gone by. Oh. Like, I didn't know that we were at the end of the episode. I'm like, oh, there's going to be like a final trippy third act of being inside this gate. And then I was freshly outraged when they just. So I think they established that the Rasanati has made the the first contact with the gate or the ring. And time has essentially stopped in the outside world, but Miller is able to still move and perceive it somehow. Mildly interesting. Because uh, what we see is a readout that shows the missile like frozen in space and a Rossinati frozen in space. And then we go outside and see, yes, that's exactly what's happening. But yet Miller, I don't know. I, I, I can't tell exactly what's going on, but I'm betting some time dilation and all kinds of other stuff. I think... Next episode... They're going to need some exposition to really communicate exactly what's happening here. Huh. Uh, I, yeah, I'm trying to... Hmm. I don't know how they can show, not tell See, there's so, there's so many different ways. Because like, I've been watching uh, and I've been praising Legion this season of how really good it is for selling very tough science fiction concepts with, with ways that don't technically make sense, but emotionally and intuitively make sense. And I could see like the inside of this looking like Siri station and like Julie Mal's apartment. And they're just chilling in there having these very obscure back and forth conversations about stuff that you have to like cipher through what you know about Miller and what you know about Holden. Or I could see it being like a contact situation where it's Miller. It's it's Holden's eight parents coming back to like talk to him, uh-huh. or it can be like fucking that Matthew McConaughey in Interstellar, and he's caught between space time and try- caught behind a bookcase. Right? Yeah. Who who <laughs> who the fuck? Who, I mean, how do you how do you show something that's 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 that that is utterly alien and unshowable? And it's probably yeah. not great to build up too many expectations. No, I, I'm not going to say anything about it. Uh, although I'm really looking forward to watching it unfold. Yeah, me too. Uh, and that's the episode, much to my chagrin. I was looking forward to that trippy third ha- <laughs> the, the third arc. Um, but maybe we're going to get a super trippy whole episode next next uh, next time. Yeah, the beauty of the show is they're going to get right to the point. You know, they're, We're not going to go off on some side quest where Fred Johnson and Anderson Dawes argue politics for a full hour next week. Yeah, and I, I used to get all gripped up about what the protomolecule was doing to the show, but it seems like no matter what, all the stuff I love about the show is at the foreground because, like, mm-hmm. you know, the the different factions squabbling over the protomolecule now is just as interesting as them being on the brink of war. Yeah, and and there's, you know, it's not a system-wide thing at this point, right. but there is tension brewing at the ring. And they talk about this, like, civilization, I think, is like a billion, like, if... If this is attached to a civilization, which I think they've hinted at, but it's like a billion years old, like, w- like what? What if you call my cell phone a million years from now? <laughs> I ain't gonna answer. That doesn't mean it didn't exist. Like, it's, it's kind of yeah. interesting if like this is long dead technology is dormant. Like, to open up a Stargate that's no one's on the other side because they lived, died, evolved, or went extinct. You know, hundreds of millions of years ago. Hmm. And yeah. then now it's like the protomolecule is like, what can humans do with it? What can humans do with a Stargate technology? What can being, humans do with we're, this? We're being, uh, we're inheriting some some ancient alien tech. Well, it's like it, it, it's very analogous to like um, like fossil fuels. 
it's kind of like a one-time gift from the earth to humanity right, like there's yeah. like once we use it up it's gone uh-huh. like like the, the conditions on the earth that led to these deposits not only did they take hundreds of millions of years to to turn into the substance but but those conditions will never like the the super high oxygen that led to just enormous trees that would pile up hundreds of feet deep and then turn into stuff as it's just never going to happen again at the, in any kind of bio. So, but but yet if 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 that hadn't happened, we might have never evolved beyond like really basic agrarian societies. Because how would we? Right. Everything would be around the horsepower, the manpower, and there's no. Maybe this proto molecule is essentially space fossil fuels. It's going to be something that we didn't necessarily deserve, or. Or work for, but it's going to be like a windfall that humanity can use to then bootstrap hmm. themselves into the stars. Mildly interesting. Oh, you're only halfway through the book series. Don't act like you know. <laughs> Mildly interesting, sir. Let me ask you this. I, I, I'm curious because I know the my answer. <laughs> my answer? You know my answer, too? I know, I know my answer. You know mine as well. No, you don't. Mildly interesting. Two uh, words. Are you going to read the rest of the series in between seasons? God, I want to, yeah. Or are you going to try to stay like one book ahead or something like that? I'll definitely stay at least one book ahead. Because uh, if I was really you, I'd just to fucking to read the whole thing. I know. I couldn't wait. This shit is just too fucking interesting. <laughs> it really is, like, yeah. It's, it's, I feel like I've made the devil's deal here uh-huh. to, prefer, to preserve my show virginity. If the show gets canceled, I'm literally reading them all that night. I wanted to stay up all night. I'm calling in sick to bald move, and I'm going to read all seven novels in a 24 hour period. The show ever I mean, I wonder is if you get away for real with like reading some of the novellas. I mean, I, here's the thing, though. That's just good. That's just I, a tease. I, I, I dipped my toe just a little yeah. in the expanse discussion, and I got a behemoth spoiler. That, oh. I, that, that, that I don't know the context. I don't know, but but it's like just like us, just like the red wedding got spoiled for me. Like yeah. I was minding my own business on a forum that's that's policed for spoilers, and like a single sentence that this jackass probably didn't think. Like now I know that something's going to happen. It's going to lead to this thing. I don't know the context. That's not really a spoiler, but it's like that. That was like a, a warning for me to stay the shit out of here. Yeah. So like I feel like if I read a novella, it would do something yeah. that. You know, because I don't think people and unless I heard from the authors that these things are designed to be read as complete prequels that do not spell like it's just like 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 that one that the churn. It's all about Amos. I really want to read that. Yeah, because I don't think it would spoil anything for me, but maybe we can get some no, feedback on I, that. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I was talking out. I was talking with uh, David S. And he essentially recommended that I read the novellas because they don't really like line up with the story timeline wise or anything like that it's except for maybe like one or two exceptions right um and the churn is from what i hear all about amos's backstory but here's the deal what if they take a whole episode next season to just explore alex's backstory right like uh and and what if there's hints that they're going to do that throughout the first half of next season and i yeah that's that's the kind of shit like it's it's just it's it's a purely selfish reason that I want to read these books, and uh, it's not it's it's not for the sake of the podcast. So I really can't defend it. I just want to you're really do, bad. You're doing the proto molecules work, Aaron. I own the first three books on Kindle. They're sitting <laughs> they're sitting on my Kindle, mocking me. I just I just got my hold on the the churn <laughs> from the library. So, um, all right, that's that's the episode. Uh, if you'd like to send feedback, expanse at baldmove.com. Uh, you can also discuss with our fellow fans on the forums, forums.baldmove.com. Uh, do we have any feedback this week? Yeah, we got a few pieces. Uh, we'll start off with Mike from Louisiana. 
has a simple question about the ships, and he's hoping we can humor me with a response. And I I don't know the answer to this. I'm wondering if maybe you do, Aaron. Oh, Jesus. Uh, I've noticed that while some of the ships are moving forward, the blue propulsion flames in uh-huh. the engine are facing the same direction that the ships are flying. How is that possible? Because they're decelerating. Okay. Is this... Yeah, I guess... Is this constant that you're noticing that, or is this... So so here's the here's the way that, that, that travel works in Expanse. You burn at 1G, mm-hmm. halfway there, and then you flip, and there's 0G while you're flipping, and then right. you decelerate at 1G, which means you're going to spend half of the trip with your ass facing the destination thrusting. Mm-hmm. So that's just how it works. That's how... Because if they just accelerated 1G... Till they got to the target, they'd be going blindingly fast and smash into it. So yeah, for some reason, I I didn't even consider the deceleration burn. Yes, yeah. So so totally so right. half of the time, the ships in Expanse are flying ass backwards like Powdered Toast Man yeah. from Ren and Stimpy, uh, <laughs> for similar reasons because he's got to fart backwards to slow down. It's his own. It's it's it's, it's uh, true. It's his greatest strength and only weakness. Okay, Tim has a question about uh, the the announcement for for Amazon streaming stuff. Says, love the show. Happy it was saved. It was saved by the uh, Amazon overlords. The show is just too good to let die. I thought this episode was maybe the most tense one yet. Um, maybe second most behind the episodes that ended book two, which I think is like the uh, that's one the, the jellyfish thing. And the jellyfish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean that. Like I'm saying like I. I want to say similar things like that, but with recency bias and knowing that there's been three or four episodes where I've just praised its tense and how action packed it was. Like, mm-hmm. man, this whole season with maybe a one episode exception has been just pedal to the fucking metal. Yeah, uh, it's been really rewarding and and effortless to watch. He goes on. Uh, my question is, how do you guys feel that this show will do on Amazon Prime? Will it increase in popularity? This is a good show for streaming. Bezos has stated that he's looking for the next Game of Thrones, and while The Expanse is not currently nearly as popular, it's almost as good in my opinion. Just wonder what you thought about the transition. I think this is as good as anything. Like, this is very similar to the first seasons of, of uh, Game of Thrones. Yeah, I mean, I when I think of my favorite shows on television right now, this is maybe number one. Yeah. Of just, like, sheer sit down, enjoy watching it. Yeah. Uh, and it's going to deliver consistently, and maybe like Stranger Things is the other yeah, one. Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's, like, there's just lots of great television, and like I, yeah, but but yeah, just and and but it's not because it's like head and shoulders better than the other best stuff that we're watching. It's just I've been I'm an old school science fiction geek, so seeing too, yeah. like I never honestly even when Star Trek was at its best, it was never this good. Mm-hmm. But I put up with it because, you know, they had good characters and there was some humor and there was some mind-expanding concepts and some every once in a while you get a cool action scene. Dave would snap a bunch of Borg's necks or <laughs> the Enterprise would whip a bunch of Romulan ass and that was cool. Uh, and I get, like, all this except for instead of trying to tell me uh, a slightly upgraded G.I. Joe plot in 45 minutes, I get them telling me a, spot, a plot that's spanning years yeah. Uh, and that's like this. That's episodic television can never be as good in like a like like a, a holistic sense as, as as or I'm sorry, procedural television like Star Trek can never be as good as a very good episodic show like The Expanse because you just 
Yeah. It's the it's the difference between a single comic book and like a graphic novel that's a lot you know, like one can only do so much, the other can tell a very complex story. So I yeah, I I think the expanse is great. And I can't I can see it only going up in popularity being on Amazon because like this mm-hmm. has been huge publicity for the show. Mm-hmm. And 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 publicity in places like if you want to be popular, if you could choose a social media network to be popular on for a science fiction show, you choose Reddit. And sure. and Expanse is, is is hitting the front page of Reddit almost on a daily basis for the last three weeks. And look at the way the the R slash Expanse has grown. Um, our pot like our podcast is not big, but it's one of the quickest growing shows that we have. Uh-huh. Like it's growing twenty five thirty percent week over week um, as people discover it and as the subreddit gets bigger and as people start being curious about this show. Like I I think. I think this show, like like on Amazon, it's it's going to be the only thing about Amazon is it's not a like like a tier one streaming source. It's not Netflix. It's not even Hulu. I don't think. Yeah, um, I think that's fair. They don't have the content yet to to really push it to the top. Right. But um, maybe and there's that you barrier know. to entry. But like, there's so many people that have Amazon. So many yeah. people have Amazon Prime, and will discover that they have Amazon Prime if if Amazon is smart about how they market this, because you go to the front page of, you know, or your app and they say like, you know, season four streaming now included with prime. Mm-hmm. Like that's a pretty, pr- pretty powerful selling point. Let me ask you this about the Amazon switch. How would you prefer? I, I know how you would prefer as a podcaster that they release this, but you think they should release it um, all at once or should they dole it out week after week for 13 weeks? Ten weeks, whatever they're gonna do. I, I, how does Amazon do it now? They kind of do both because they have shows that they drop an entire season, and then they have shows where they do it once a week, or like Hulu with this Handmaid's Tale, like they'll drop four and then they'll do two a week. Um, I think there's certain content that needs to be weekly. Like it's very tough because it's hard for me to say it's it's not the best thing for the consumer to just drop them all out there. Cause then people can binge at their own pace. If someone wants to take a whole day I off of work and just like no. tuck, tuck into the expanse. However, <laughs> it does destroy the moment of television. I do think it somehow limits a show like, yes. because you know, it's just this event that everyone watches within two weeks and it's gone versus game of Thrones, which is two and a half months of just massive mm-hmm. hanging around and being a cultural phenomenon every year. Like it's, it's, it's tough. If I guess if I was Bezos, I'd throw it out there in the first day. The, the following question is how the hell do we cover it? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's why I said, I know as a podcaster, how, you know, I mean, I'd be, be tempted because I love this, this show so much. I'd be tempted to do like a binge watch, like a binge yeah. mode and then go back and do a week by week discussion for the hardcore fan. Oh, yeah. Um, because I also think about this. The other thing about this is you got to think for posterity, because um, I've, I have noticed this with our Netflix shows is where like, you know, we've got your, your typical show that we do. In one week, it gets 95% of its traffic and then drops to zero for the rest of it. Like, and sometimes you'll see a modest uptick at the beginning of new seasons. There's people discovering the catalog. Netflix's tail is a lot fatter because people are just constantly like, oh, I got Netflix for this thing. Oh, I heard about Stranger Things. Let's try that. Oh, let's find a podcast. Like, More more people are discovering asynchronously. Um, yeah, that's true. And I think that having full coverage for those shows are, is how you really butter those those folks up. 
because they've got they got full length episodes to tuck into whenever they want. But I, I don't know. I think if they're smart, they release it one a week. Because one I, a week. I, I do think that lets the hype train roll on. Hmm. I do think you're right. Long term maximum sustainability. Yes. Yes. Like if you want to get new viewers, you need that hype surrounding it. What if they did this? What if they did by arc? By arc? Because I'm thinking like, you know, like 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 if there's like three or four episodes that kind of form oh. an arc. Like for example, Prax trying to find his daughter. Yeah. Uh, the proto molecule reaches out, and then like so there might be three acts in this. Like so, do you do like four ep- three to four episodes that come out <laughs> the first week? Everybody watches that, discusses it, looks forward to the next one. You have a little bit of time, or, and then they... Almost you, like chapters of a book. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you do that, like... You, so that stretches out to a month, but it lets people, yeah. like, you know, stay up late on a Friday night watching the first act or something. I think that Has anybody work. tried that? I don't think... I mean, I say Handmaid's Tale is the closest one I can think of where they drop, like... I don't think it's by any kind of structure. I think it's just mm-hmm. like, hey, we're going to you know, get everybody excited about these four episodes and then do you know, two a week from here on out. But I think that would be interesting. Huh. Yeah, that, that might not be bad. I'm surprised nobody's really started playing. And there might be variable kind of links, too. I think that would be interesting when people find out. It's like, oh, my God, we're getting five episodes in this one. Oh, but they're only going to be two. In the-. You know, it's like they're... That's all that meta shit that's like gets people's gets people. That's what gets people involved. Mm-hmm. Like like any kind of thing that you can add where people can talk about the thing they're talking about. That's where people get engaged and stay engaged. And what makes it fun and rewarding to be a fan, I guess. But like, yeah, what if instead of doing like an entire season, a ten episode run or whatever, you could release three episodes once every two two to four months? Hmm. Would that keep hype going? Like, how is That's how is streaming line. platforms? Because if you make people wait too long, that it's like, you know, yeah, the the hype can die down. They can right. get annoyed, or or um, you just have a hard time keeping track of the storylines. That's true. I, I just wonder how like, but if they're self contained, like, how much does it does it really matter? You know, like, well, I mean, at uh, that I'm, point, why we're talking about doing like micro seasons? Like, maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe they, they you uh, just almost like a British or like a mini series. Kind of like, this yeah. is the proto molecule reaching out arc, and it's going to be four yeah. episodes. Has been greenlit, and it's so like maybe that. I, I, I think just, some I'm, of that is also the for the cast and crew because they don't want to be essentially making this shit all the time. Yeah. So you have a defined season where they work their guts out, and then they have like three or four well, months off. And yeah, then, you don't have to. I, I'm just talking about the release schedule. Okay. Like, you can still okay. film because I was going, I was going in like yeah oh, about micro seasons are cheaper and you know like yeah but if you film you know five micro seasons at the same time right then you get the economies of scale. Uh, I just wonder if streaming is going to change the way that shows are written because like hmm. you don't have to release one episode a week right. you don't have to do X amount of episodes it's not as important and... to have like cliffhangers and like yeah. hit particular beats in particular times because if people are like well this episode not much happened well, on to the next one oh shit everything's happening I see what's going on here like yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't the thing is I don't think anyone has done it right and everyone seems curiously adverse to experimenting. Like it seems like it's either the Netflix model or the traditional model. There's no yeah. like what you know, like I said the Handmaid's does little things a little differently. Um I Netflix is now doing stuff with their talk shows where it's like, you know, uh-huh. Dave Letterman's interviews, it's that's once a week. Every week yeah. Um but like it's it's weird that they're like not experimenting with that and collecting data and seeing because I I just feel like if you ask people, everyone would say, I want them all so I can binge them at my own pace. Yeah. But I see a lot of buyer's remorse at the end of every season. We're like, oh, God, I watched it all, and I was falling asleep <laughs> during the last few episodes, and now I got to wait a whole fucking year, and yep. I can't talk to any of my friends yet. Like, 
you know, sometimes <laughs> what's good for people is not the thing that they do naturally. That's fair. Yeah. Um, I know that sounds very big brother and nanny state, but it's also it feels like empirically true. So, uh, what do I, one, one final message okay. from Dr. Nick. He says, uh, he has a small, small gripe with this episode. He says, it's a stretch to believe that Amos and Alex are so incompetent that even when they find creepy, creepy, creep documentary guy openly crawling around, they don't put surveillance footage or pull surveillance footage to see what's going on with him. And they haven't locked down critical ship systems with strangers on board the ship. One card swap is all it takes to lock the crew out of the Rocinante and they have no clue. The way the sabotage is depicted on the Rocinante is a little too obvious and effective. How do you feel about that? Uh, I just know I've been to places where they should pay more attention to security and they just don't. Mm-hmm. And that's a human, like a human's, a, a, a human's natural state is letting its guard down. You know, like keeping your guard up, like to like like to the, uh, the extent we should to properly deal with all the threats in the world. Uh, just hardly anyone does it. It's, it's very it's very hard to sustain. Also. Uh, if I'm being completely honest, I think the guy being blind is hmm. like works in his favor because I just think that they don't see him as a threat. They see him as a lie, like probably as a liability. Someone has to be looked after, hmm. not someone who's going to like destroy this. Because also it's 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 at cross purposes. Like if he, you know, if he's chasing, uh, you know, whatever the 24th century century equivalent of a Pulitzer is. Why would he blow himself up or do something to mm-hmm. to hurt the Rasanati? Like the worst he might do is break into the captain's medical records or yeah. try to dig up dirt, you know, which his crew is already doing to him. So, so they expect that kind of threat. I don't think they expect this other. And and the other thing is like I remember this shit has only been going on for a few hours. Mm-hmm. So as far as we know, this guy's been a model citizen until he pulled this like oh I can't sleep routine. And it's happened like twice, and like probably Amos does lock him out the next time it happens, but it happens now. Yeah, and here's the thing: we're talking about a crew of three people, right? At this point, one of which is going actively insane, potentially. Potentially, yeah. Uh, that leaves two people, one of which who has to fly the ship, mm-hmm. and the other of which has to maintain the ship. They just simply don't have the manpower. Because how, how are you going to keep this guy away from those isolinear ships? Right. Post Amos there, twenty four seven to wait for him to the brig when they're not interviewing it. Like it's right, and they they don't have any suspicions up to that point. Like yeah, I, I just don't think it's reasonable for three people to defend the entire ship from any kind of sabotage. And you can't, like, physically lock down They need this to have panel. access to the galley. They need to have access to the bathrooms. They have access right. to the crew quarters. They And I don't know that this Martian ship is designed to be compartmentalized like that. Like, it's probably designed to, first, you've got a platoon of Marines that will just provide security mm-hmm. as their function. Yeah. <laughs> and secondly, you've got a brig for if anyone gets drunk or unruly, and that's how you handle threats aboard the ship. They're either people you trust implicitly to walk around with fucking guns and power armor yeah. and not punch a hole in the ship and they're it's, or they're, they're in criminal weird... and they're confined to a brig or their quarters and that's and, and none of those models fit this civilian purpose of the ship in a weird way the amos holden and alex are hostages on their own ship yeah because they can't just shut down this documentary thing or they have 
have to pay their own way on right. the lawyer fees, you right. know, to try and get this ship back. Right. Uh, now they got another lawsuit for breach of contract of the, this one. Yeah, so. so there's always this threat looming over their heads that if they push back too much on this documentary right. crew, they're going to say, fine, fuck it, we're pulling your funding. Right. Not even push back, but like anything less than enthusiastic, enthusiastic, right. enthusiastic consent of everything that the film crew wants to do is, is grounds to like threaten them with withholding of funding. So, yeah, that's yeah. a good point, too. Uh, and then the other fact is, you know, this just happened. I think they will eventually figure out what the hell happened, but right. they're in a I think crisis. Are, mode. Like, I don't like, want to, I wouldn't want to be, I wouldn't want to be, uh, Cohen. No. When no. they get out of the time deliation or the black hole or whatever, and it's just Amos in his murderous rage. <laughs> right. You're trying to, you're trying to kiss me. Now you're trying to kill me. Blow is going to be. Yep. So, uh, that's it. Cool. That's all uh, we got. Expanse at boldmove.com if you'd like to send us feedback. As far as we know, we did get a screener, but it, it, it dropped like just before Wednesday afternoon. It wasn't much of a pre-screener. It was more uh, so I, I don't know if we'll get them more on time. I don't know if that's because the episode was because I, I, I know a lot of times like with post-production and stuff like the, the, the episodes aren't ready until surprisingly late in the week. I have no idea mm. what the deal with the screeners are. Um, have we reached out and, and, and said are we because so no, my expectation that. is probably we're going to have a Friday early afternoon release schedule throughout the rest of the season. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, what I would say is look for the episode around like 930 mm-hmm. Eastern time. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it's not there, then, yeah, it'll be Friday. Yeah, if it's not in your feed after, after you got done watching the episode, then it'll be out on Friday. Um, yeah. So, uh, I, you know, my preference is to have the screeners and get it. It's, it's much easier in our schedule, and it's also kind of cool to have something drop date and time with the episode, but uh, mm-hmm. it's not up to us. So we'll just kind of play it by ear. Uh, thanks for all your support. Thanks for being uh, with us. Thanks for the feedback. Uh, and uh, thanks for – I also uh, shout out to people on Reddit because I noticed that uh, – when people ask about podcasts, because I'm on Reddit all the time. People they say ask, mildly interesting. They say, you got to check out those guys at Belt Loda. They're mildly interesting. We we get a lot of love off Reddit, and uh, we can see that in our growth. So everybody that's out there, uh, I, I, it's, I feel it's gauche to, like, thank people in the thread for promoting us. Like, you know, with Reddit culture being what it is, it seems like that's all kinds of, like, <laughs> bad news to be like, oh, he's, a, uh-huh. he's running a dozen sock puppets. But... We see it, and we appreciate you guys uh, repping us. Uh, I'll just thank them for saving what is probably my favorite show on television right now. Hell yeah, because it's, that it's was been in that large community. part. Yeah, like the. I mean, I, I I'm sure Save there the was expanse on Twitter. Reddit had a huge part. I'm of sure it. there's probably Facebook groups and stuff, but like there was a lot of concentrated effort around Reddit, and they 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 did it. Also, did you see that new? There's this there's this 3D printing model age uh, company on eBay that's selling. Uh, twelve inch long, fully detailed Rasanathis for like a hundred bucks. <laughs> Jesus Christ! They're gonna get sued. They're uh, gonna get fucking sued into well, the ground, man. Only, uh, if they do, I, I hope it's because Amazon's got something better to roll it out. Because right now, every yeah, merch you buy is fucking unlicensed, and yes. uh, some of it's really good too. Oh, I was gonna say, yeah. like this model is fucking out. It's like it's it's my mouth watered when I saw it. It's like. Mm-hmm. 68 pounds sterling which i think is around 100 dollars american yeah but uh and i could have it in my hot little hands in two weeks i want it so bad i want it so bad uh all right we'll be back next next week uh depending on how much time dilation we get and whether the the uh the screener makes it through the ring 
Uh, until then, I'm Aaron. I'm Jim. Later.